It's not another Buffalo podcast with John. That's PTSD from our childhood. Like every single time I threw remotes at the TV. I I saw that twice a year for 17 years. <laughs> Rando. We have this trust built uh, on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. And Pat. How'd you like to be Trevor Lawrence, though? You're like, all right, man, here I go. First overall pick. I'm going to Florida. And then it's like, you just signed up for a job. And in the interview, they were like, oh, we like to have a lot of fun here. You know, and then you get to job the first day of work and the entire cubicle's on fire and your boss is taking a dump on the carpet. Uh, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with the Fergalicious Definitious Brando. Uh, I'm just going to have to do that every time. Definitious too, man. <laughs> Defini- what is the def- definition of definitious? It's a word made up for the song. Well, when you make the boys go loco like Brandon, it's, it's hard. That's know. true. That's true. But, yeah. Pat is also rocking an amazing Blue Jays hat right now. I do I like wish that we, I wish we still did video. If I had the time to edit anything. We would, but maybe maybe someday. We already again. say too many goofy things here on the on the line. So. <laughs> Did you see? I I was laughing because I listened to a little food for thought, which is also a Buffalo Rumblings podcast on the uh, Buffalo Rumblings Network with Nate Geary. They were funny because they were talking about their food, right? And he's talking about this like fresh dish, but then he was like, "It's actually not live. This is actually like a reheated dinner." Because I edit it or something like that. It was funny. I swear we could start a Patreon and just upload like full unedited episodes and you guys could just like cringe together. The FCC would find us and make us quit. (laughs) Yeah, FCC won't let me be. They try to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without John Hatton, Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, that's a really good segue into Super Bowl talk. I don't know. Pat, if you start spitting fire like that too much, your smoke alarm's going off. God. Yeah, man. So what what uh what Marshall related news do you have for us out of Detroit here, Brandon? Just that he's gonna sing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I wanna guess. Dude, he's not gonna be I wanna know a song. Give me a song that he's gonna sing. Uh he's probably gonna rap. Yeah, um, I'm he's okay, not much give, me, give me a song. He's, well, he's, got, he's got to do my name as I feel like that's like the OG like Eminem. He'll have to do you lose think? yourself probably lose yourself or till I collapse. I would bet one of those two he will play. I wish I could get odds on what song Eminem's going to do, dude. All right, well let's uh, let's take a peek at some headlines real quick. We'll keep this quick because we got a lot to get to. We got an exciting draft. We've got Brandon thinking that a Ram would beat a Bengal. It would. Fight. No, no, uh, just I stand by it. Hold your fire. Um, <laughs> we got Brando's bets for the Super Bowl. We've got a new DraftKings read. We've got a reverse draft. We got a lot to do, so we're going to power through this really quick. But anyway, uh, Washington Commanders. I have to. <laughs> Washington Commanders owner Dan Snyder is hiring an independent investigative team to look into allegations against his organization. And I was really looking for like a, like they should have named their team like the Washington conflicts of interest, but I, I couldn't get the, anything to line up on that. Washington but. investigators. <laughs> something like that. Washington. But Washington um, Watergates. Oh yeah. Something like that. But Washington gropers. Washington yikes. How about that? Washington. I'd have a bad stadium and have a terrible work culture. Yeah. Football team. Football hey, team. At least, I mean. Their nickname couldn't be worse than the commies. <laughs> but there's a team called the commies. Them. No, no, that's that's that would be their nickname. The the commanders. Oh, well, like you trying, know to, what? trying to shorten the name. It's like it's the commies the, or the the Durs. The Manders. The Manders with a touchdown by somebody that I don't know. And the stadium wall has collapsed on that player. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's kind of like the rare case of the generic brand being superior to the name brand. Can you guys think of a good example of that? Because it's kind of a raisin rare brand. Occurrence. Raisin brand raisin is good brand? anywhere. Raisin brand is not the name of raisin brand. You can just get it. Will just be raisin brand flakes. Um, oh, just like brand flakes with raisins. Yeah, yeah we're talking raisin brand, brand is just the name of the cereal. Um, in other news, special teams coordinator Heath Farwell. Or Heath Farewell, sorry, has left to join the Jaguars and the Bills have promoted Matthew Smiley to fill the position. So I heard he's a real unhappy dude. Oh. Maybe he should <laughs> smile more. Yeah, uh, come on, yeah. come on, Matthew. I mean, the rumor had it that 
he was basically as good as gone after what happened in the divisional round. So, uh, Quentin Spain in an interview said that he initially asked for his release from the bills because he and Sean McDermott don't see eye to eye. And we were literally trying to figure out Sean McDermott's height before this episode, trying to figure out. He's not six foot four. You do not play. You do not play practice squad. You do not play practice squad cornerback at William and Mary and be six foot four. It's just not physically impossible. (laughs) Yeah. Also, in other news, Brando thinks that a Ram would beat a Bengal Tiger. Again? Again? Yo, okay. I've. This is funny. So we did this in math in my kindergarten class. We did graphing today. And they did like a Super Bowl thing where they had to like color their helmets and pick the team and we take tallies and graph it and stuff. But I put up on the board because, you know, they don't really know what a Ram and Bengal looks like. I put a Bengal and a Ram up and I was like, which one are you going to pick? They picked Bengals. Yeah. And so did 94% of the people who voted in our Twitter uh, poll. Why? Eight, it was eight to four in my class, Bengals for Rams. And I was like, God, obviously the question to the five-year-olds was not who wins in a fight, but it was who wins the Super Bowl. So I'm looking here at some, uh, some National Geographic uh, size stats right here. Okay. So a typical tiger, um, Bengal tiger, it looks like you could have um, a typical Bengal tiger could be anywhere from seven to 10 feet, weighing anywhere from 450 to 650 pounds, um, top speed of about 35 to 40 miles an hour. Um, and it's a carnivore, obviously. Um, and then we're looking at Rams here about, um, five to six and a half feet, 250 to 300 pounds. I mean, it does get up to 40 miles an hour, so it is fast, wow. but they're an herbivore. So they're probably not as swole unless they have that, uh, plant-based, uh, whey protein diet. So I don't know. Well, okay. The only way that a, a bangle wins is if it's not like a planned fight. Like I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to meet you in the schoolyard. We're going to make a circle and we're going to fight because the Ram's going to win. The only time the tiger's going to win is if he jumps up behind the Ram. Not necessarily. Well, dude, here's the, here's the thing. I, we, we, we went back and forth in this on Twitter, but that Ram's got straight line speed. That Ram does not have agility like the tiger does. Yeah. That, well, that tiger is one jump to the side in a counter move away from biting that Ram in the neck. Or it's okay. like that ram. I mean, what's the worst the tiger is going to get? A concussion? Yeah. It just seems like the <laughs> ram is more of a... Bushed in. Like a light machine gun class on Call of Duty. And um, the tiger is more of a... Um, ACR. I well, I wasn't even going to say ACR. I was going to say like... Um, M1. Tack M- knives. M4. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, think about this. A ram's headbutt can exert almost 800 pounds of force. Here's okay. Here's the other thing. Is the ram even going to want to headbutt the tiger? Because in this situation, I imagine these two animals meeting and the ram turning and running because it's further down the food chain. Now, if the ram was trying to assert dominance in front of a female companion ram and there was no predator present, rams, of course, it wouldn't be a ram because girls don't have the horns, though. Whatever it would be called. I, I haven't, I haven't watched planet earth in a year or so. You want to know what they're called? It's okay. I want you to pronounce this because the way I would pronounce it, it's probably not right, but it's E W E S. I would call them ewes. It's you. Ewes. You. Listen, if I'm giving this to my class, no, it's just, it's like ewes. If we're sounding this out, E W E S. E was ewes. It's ewes. Right, well, then it should just be fing you. Couple of utes. Couple of utes. I got it, right, my cousin, right here. My cousin Benny. Oh, they do. do have, the girls okay. have horns too. You're telling me. Yes. I'm sorry, John. Call, no, no, you're right though. They're called something different. So they are called something different. Well, I would just take a carnivore over a herbivore in any setting. And also, I, I mean, if they fought, because you got to think that Bengal tigers are in like sub-Saharan and tropical environments, and then like whatever rams and goats and shit are like on mountains and stuff. So like, it would, it, are we talking in neutral territory? Are we talking on a mountain? Are we talking in sub-Saharan? I would take it in. I think the only place that this fight goes the Rams way is on a cliff. That was my, that was my, my thought. I don't know, man. In any other environment, Listen, like Super, environment. Smash, Super Smash Brothers, when you hit the uh, block button and your opponent, you know, just runs right off the map. That would be the only way. But here's the thing, though. Even like in old Mike Tyson can still knock you out in one punch if he gets you, right? Like, he still got the power just because he's not True. as agile. All you have to do is just get the right hit, right? You could get dropped in one punch. 
That Ram can hit the tiger right in the nose and knock him out. Mike Tyson. I think this fight looks a lot like maybe Andre the Giant versus Anoy Montoya. <laughs> Wait, Iago Montoya? Yeah, I just watched that movie for the first time in my life. Iago Montoya, you killed my father. Prepare to yes, die. Yes, that guy. I'm sorry. I probably said his name wrong. <laughs> the print, but yes, 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 that guy. Well, if it makes you feel better, my Instagram poll says 83% pick the bangle also. So nice. I don't know. So what do you boys feel about these real, um, real life human animals going at it? Um, <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's make our picks. Let's get into it. Time for the guys to pick their picks in the pick six pickums. Well, it's uh, Super Bowl week. I think we're all a little bit depressed that the Bills aren't playing. But all right, so we've got Cincinnati going into L.A. Uh, Rams kind of have a home field advantage here a little bit. If they had more fans, I'd say it'd be I was gonna say. more significant. But um, the Rams are four-point favorites in this one. So essentially home spread plus a point. Um, but Brando, who's your pick for the winner of Super Bowl LVI? Is it 56? This year? I think so. First well, one was in 69. Or 67, <laughs> sorry. 67 would put it at 55 or 56. So. I think it's 56. Uh, I'm going to take my boy. Hammer him all year. Matt Stafford. Well, there's a difference. I mean, is he? Ta- are you taking Matt Stafford or are you hammering Matt Stafford? I mean... I'll do whatever <laughs> I got to do to get Matt Stafford to Super Bowl right now. So, um, Whoever you pick, just be safe. Um, <laughs> I... Would love to be able to wear my Matt Stafford powder blue Reebok silky Matt Stafford Super Bowl champion jersey again uh, with a little bit more pride than I already do. Uh, this guy will be in the Hall of Fame if he wins the Super Bowl. He might even be in it if he doesn't. But this is a legacy defining game for him. This was a hot pick all year. Have him go to the Super Bowl the first year he leaves the dumpster fire in Detroit. So four points is a good number. Give me. You know, the four and a half scared me a little bit, but I, for some reason I felt better when I saw it go to four. So psychologically, maybe that's what Vegas wants you to do. But I want Matt Stafford and I want him to win and I think he's going to do it. So give me the Rams. Nice. Pat, what about you? Uh, I, I would preface by saying, um, my dad's probably listening to the episode and he'd say, tell you right now man sec greatest greatest conference in all of college football dog everyone in the sec could start an nfl team and we do have two sec quarterbacks duking it out right now that being said the only two second year quarterbacks ever to win a super bowl mr ben roethlisberger and mr self-love to the point of being an arrogant prick russell wilson (laughs) um you know i think that Joe Burrow does not join that company. And also we talked about Jared Goff perhaps being the worst quarterback to start a Super Bowl and lose. So, um, are you going to put Joe Burrow in that category? No, I, I wouldn't put him in the, I wouldn't put him in the Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson category. Not yet. Right. But Rex Grossman completed 16 passes for 145 yards and two interceptions when he was in the Super Bowl. True. I wonder what, I wonder what Goff stats would be comparatively, but Considering they only scored three good. points, they might be pretty. <laughs> they pretty might be bad. the same, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'm with you, Brando. I want to see. I want to see Matt do it, and I think that it's cool. There's a lot of cool storylines too. OBJ joining the the party late on. Like I haven't really seen a team in recent memory where they brought in like so many pieces like this, and like you know, it it, it dictated success. Like same. I'd like to see Von Miller get another ring. I think that would be cool. So John, we should talk about this a little bit after your pick. But it just kind of goes to show that there's like not a real blueprint in the NFL because you got teams that can blow it up and rebuild. You got teams that can buy their players and you got teams that trade all their picks for good players. And didn't so. this team lose four out of five games at one point during the season? Like this they Rams did have team. A rough stretch. I mean, both teams it was either went three through or four, or four or five, but I think I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals beat the Jaguars on a field goal. I know we shouldn't be talking as the Bills, but. These playoffs were crazier than any I can remember. And this is, these were definitely not the best two teams in the playoffs. I mean, the Rams might the arguably be in there. They could be, They're but not a surprise I mean, like the Bengals. Are. Right. I feel like you have to have your face dragged through the mud to appreciate a warm shower sometimes, right? So both of those. <laughs> That's a great teams, expression. <laughs> both of those teams got a little muddy and then cleaned up. So. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know how the game is going to end. I feel like it is going to be close, though. I don't really see this being a blowout either way. I think this comes down to a last drive field goal, maybe even overtime. But in that case, I'm just going to take the points and and go against the grain a little bit. So we're keeping it interesting. So we're not just in the past few weeks, we've picked the same across the board and it's actually bitten us. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati and or the points. And those are our last picks of the year, gentlemen. Mm. Not not until next season, week one, will we be busting out the uh, the game picks again. So goodbye, spreadsheets. We got to get a final update, though. We will. We will. Uh, we'll recap it next week on uh, Before Brando's Bets. Best weeks, worst weeks, final record. I mean, nobody beat Pat's record. <laughs> nobody else had six a perfect and oh. week. Six and oh. Oh, oh and six. six. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, what it is. All right, we're falling behind. We got to get into our draft here. I've been looking forward to this draft all day. Really? We got a lot to get to. So without further ado, let's... Uh, Go to our Google number generator here. Okay, I'm going to pick one. Now pick one of the remaining numbers, Brandon. Three. Two. Okay. It's three. Yeah! Let's go, baby girls! Yeah! Yeah! All right. In our rotational fashion, I'll pick second this week because Pat picked first overall last time. Todd Collins! All right. Brandon Habermas, you are on the clock. Da-da-da! Da, da, da. With the first pick in the Buffalo Bills worst draft busts of all time, Brandon Habermas takes from 1979 first round, first overall, Tom Casino. This pick wow. was taken after trading away OJ Simpsons to the San Francisco 49ers. The Bills acquired the first overall pick in the 1979 draft. The Bills selected to be their franchise quarterback, Tom Casino, to be their savior and to which turned into what though, like the worst Bills teams of all time in the eighties there. Um, but it turns out plot twist, the Montreal Alouettes offered Casino twice the money than the Bills were offering him. So he went to the Canadian football league, never playing a snap for the Buffalo Bills. So the first overall pick that they got from trading the best player in franchise history never played a snap, but the Bills traded him to the Cleveland Browns for draft picks, which one of those draft picks was used to draft guess who? Jim Kelly. So that's a cool little plot twist there. So that is my first pick the biggest draft bust of all time for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, could you just imagine trading your icon NFL all-time leading rusher to get a rebuilding quarterback first overall? And he never plays a snap for you ever. So you got nothing for OJ. So, but you did trade his rights, which you were able to get Jim Kelly for. So the butterfly effect is wild. It's one of those things, you know, life knocks you down. You don't know what's happening. It's 1979. The 49ers just crush your soul. You just broke up with your best player and takes about... Well, it says he was pretty nice. He was the Grey Cup MVP, so he basically won the CFL Super Bowl and was the CFL Super Bowl MVP yeah. in 79. I mean... As no, a rookie. The trajectory of our entire franchise probably changed because we don't get Jim Kelly then. You know, maybe we win a Super Bowl in the 80s, but um, still, it's funny how things work out, right? So that's my pick. Number two. Da, 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 da. You're on the clock. That's not the sound that they make at the no, draft. I, That's I, sports I, sound. I can't remember. <laughs> it's I like. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> I don't think it's either. Yes, it is. It is that. No, it you're is. right, Pat. It's a, it's a mix. It sounded like it, a CBS. It is, it's. Da, 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 I thought a, it was like bells. It is, but it's like. Doo, 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 doo. Okay. We'll have to play it. We'll have to play it. I, be- I believe you. <laughs> After the third time, I was convinced. <laughs> oh, man. I'm really torn between two guys to take. And part of me says I want to take the defensive player out of these two. But I really think that when you're thinking of modern era expectations, because, you know, as Bruce would say, expectations minus reality equals disappointment. So... This player, I think, had higher expectations than the defensive guy. I think that 
at least for Bills fans, because when you draft a quarterback in the first round, that's your guy. That's who you believe is going to be the franchise quarterback. That's who Josh Allen was, and that's who a lot of these guys weren't. So obviously there's been multiple Bills quarterbacks taken in the first round, but the most disappointing, EJ Manuel to me is the most disappointing. I don't know why. I'm glad you took him number two. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I don't think he was a first overall pick. I think yours was good first overall pick. I I thought you were going to go a different direction, which maybe Pat will. So I don't want to spoil well, his thunder. But so John, this is my thing about EJ is because I was thinking about this like all day. About, like I said, I EJ Manuel anytime I get a chance to. So he was not supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Kevin Cobb was supposed to play, and Kevin Cobb slipped on a mat and hit his head and never played football again. And then the other thing is the thing about being a bust, right? I like to think of a bust as somebody who comes in with high expectations. EJ Manuel was drafted, was projected to be a fourth round draft pick. He did not have, we did kind of reach. He, he was the first quarterback taken off the draft and he did not, he was never supposed to be good. He was not a Jamarcus Russell. He was not a, a can't miss prospect. He sucked and Doug Whaley was trying to save his. So that's what he, took EJ Manuel. So that's why I was yeah. like, it's it's a bust. It definitely is a bust. It's definitely a Bill's bust. But wait, isn't wasn't EJ Manuel a Buddy Nick's pick? Oh, it might have been Buddy Nick's. I don't know. I think he was. But anyway, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I guess it depends on what angle you look at it as. Is after you drafted him, did you have did you still have high expectations for that player? Or did you have a high expectations for that pick? Because if you have a high first round draft pick your expectations are super high for that pick before it, it gets picked. And, you know, to me, he didn't live up to the pick. I mean, you know, obviously he was not that caliber of player. So that that's why I thought the disappointment was, was pretty high because they should not have taken a quarterback in that class. I mean, All right. EJ Manuel goes 16th overall. These are players taken after him. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 16. Eric Reed, DB. Kyle Long, guard, Tyler Eifert, tight end, Desmond Trufant, DB, Xavier Rhodes, DB, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, Cordella Patterson, wide receiver, uh, Zach Ertz, tight end, Darius Slay, cornerback, Monte Teo, linebacker, Geno Smith, Robert Woods, Kiko Alonzo, Lev Bell, Jamie Collins, uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyron Matthew, Mike Glennon, uh, uh, do, should I continue to see about how bad this pick was? Nah, Matt I Barkley. Mean, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, but I was, think that should go pick. into being weighed into a draft bust. Is who else you could have gotten? Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely think that's true. I mean, and that's not the player's fault. Like that's not EJ's fault. But yeah, I mean that that pick was definitely a bust. But anyway, I went way too long with that one. Pat, you are on the clock with the third overall pick. Da, 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 da. That's that's CBS. Da, da, da. So, um, boys, let's go back to that uh, nineteen izzity eighty three drizzity draft. Okay, so people always think, all right, you know, Jim Kelly, what a great pick during that time, you know. Whatever, savior of the franchise. But did you guys know there was a player taking two picks ahead of him? Tony Hunter, tight end, taken out of Notre Dame. Now, I hate to say it, but... That's a good pick. Same thing with Tom Quisenow. Uh, You know, this Stu Barber was just f***ing terrible at his job. Not only does he screw up the whole Quisenow thing, he goes and, um, you know, I, I just... It, it's it's one of these deals where his, his poorness at the job allowed... Um, you know, for them to be in a position to get Jim Kelly. But also, I mean, I, I was looking at this Tony Hunter stats. So as a Buffalo Bill, he only played two seasons. Um, it looks like his best year statistically was as a rookie at 402 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Um, his second year with the Bills, he had 331 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Um, he got traded to the Rams after that and only played two more years. Um, so that being said, I was like, Okay, decent numbers. But then I looked at this guy's collegiate stats, okay? So we're talking about a man that was taken 12th overall. 12th overall. Two picks before Jim Kelly. Two picks before Jim Kelly. And this man, as a senior in college, had 42 receptions for 507 yards and no touchdowns. 
no touchdowns, no touchdowns. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying Stu Barber, Pat McGroder, it doesn't matter. You guys are just like, I, I, I guess Pat got lucky with Jim Kelly at 14, but I mean, Tony Hunter at number 12, especially with those stats coming out of college. I have, I have no idea why the hell he was not even on your draft board, but anyways, Tony Hunter, big time bust injury derailed the career. You don't even, you don't even remember hearing about him because Jim Kelly was such a big impact at 14, but at number 12 would have been so much cooler if, if Jim Kelly was actually drafted at 12, but nice. Nice. Oh, good, man. Pick. good pick. Oh man. There's oh. a reason you that these are not household names. So, but all right, Brandon has a player fallen to you. Yes. But I have two that have fallen. No. Nice. Well, you're, you're on the clock. Ah, all right. I have to, this is going to go with people taken before him, people taken after him and how he produced. All right. The year is 2004, the legendary quarterback class. Obviously we take the pick after Ben Roethlisberger. We get heartbroken. We want a big Ben. We take Lee Evans. Good pick, right? He's a good player. He was, he was a worthy first round player. Wisconsin Badgers. And then here we are. 12 picks later, picking at 22, the Buffalo Bills move up in the 2004 draft, traded up to take J.P. Lossman and gave up their 2005 first round draft pick to do it. Remember, history, you just acquired former Super Bowl appearance quarterback Drew Bledsoe. You just come off a season where you go nine and seven. You missed the playoffs by a tiny bit. You're one of the best teams that has ever missed the playoffs before. And you trade two first round picks to take a quarterback. Um, Now, this is where the kicker is. The pick in 2005 ended up being 20th overall. And if you know anything about the 2005 draft, Aaron Rodgers went 24th overall. So we could have had Aaron Rodgers. You know, you could have had would have had all that crap. But um the fact is JP Lossman, his best season, 3000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, uh, lost his starting job to one of the worst quarterbacks of all time via Pat cap, Kelly Holcomb in 2005 and in 2006, <laughs> and was replaced by Trent Edwards in 2007, leaving the bills in 2008. Um, so I'm going to take JP for the second quarterback taken, uh, for the biggest draft busts of all time. Very nice. Very nice. You know, I think JP is a good example of the environment that you're drafted into matters. You know, when we're looking at busts, I think that busts are definitely, they're not like terrible players, but they're certainly players that go into a system that doesn't help them or doesn't help them grow at at their skill set or do what they do well. I mean, if you put JP Lossman on the Steelers, the Giants, or the Chargers, Bet you he has a Super Bowl. Nah, I mean, nah, think about Philip nah, Rivers. Philip nah. Rivers didn't even get a Super Bowl, and he was seventeen bro. times the player. Bro, he's from he's from Tulane, bro. A program so bad. No, he's that not. He's not from, is he from Tulane? He, he's oh. from Tulane. He's from he a played program at so UCLA b- first though, and then he transferred to Tulane. Tulane's so bad that they're called the Tide, and Alabama doesn't even care. They just say roll Tide. Um, I'm just saying, like that's why you see guys at quarterback succeed who don't have elite traits. Yeah. Because they're good, put into good environments. And I mean, that's also taking out of the equation. I mean, obviously, a lot of it is, you know, self-motivation and and how willing you are to to learn and adapt and grow and stuff like that. But seriously, like, I think if Josh Allen gets drafted by the Browns, I don't think he's the quarterback that he is. I think he's 2018 Josh Allen for the first four to five years of his career. Well, so I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Bills ruined a lot of quarterbacks. I mean... I don't think they drafted elite talent. Like if they draft Aaron Rodgers, I don't, I'm not going to say that Aaron Rodgers is the worst quarterback of all time, but he did have a season to, to learn, you know, a few seasons to learn behind Favre and so, stuff like that. But here's the other thing is you're right about that. It's also, he kind of had a freak accident. Troy Vincent runs into Lossman and breaks his fibia before he even starts a game. So he misses his entire rookie season. So 2005 is really his first game and in that first game against the Texans you know he did throw 286 yard bombs to Lee Evans so um which was exciting you know the dude had a cannon and Lee Evans could go deep so it gave us a little bit of 
spark to watch. Um, but again, this is funny. This classifies with Willis McGahey with his jersey. I was like, Dad, should I get a JP Lossman jersey? He's like, No. Like, <laughs> Jim <right>. knew. <laughs> it's but, like get a Flutie jersey. You might be able to cover it later. You can seven, if, yeah. <laughs> see if it pans out. But anyways, right. with with the fifth overall pick, I think I'm gonna take who I thought. I think Brandon. This might be the other player. Yeah, you know that you were thinking of because I I know you. You've you've complained about this player to me more than anybody else. Uh, dude who spent only four years in the league, two with the Bills, two with the Jets. And at the time, we kind of thought he was an example, another example of a player who leaves Buffalo and becomes better because at the time, that was kind of a narrative that surrounded the Bills. You had Marshawn Lynch leaving. You had, give me some other examples. Yo, Lynch Guys was good with the him. Bills. Let's not forget. I'm not saying he was terrible, but he definitely like became beast mode in Seattle. Um, and there's, there's other there's examples. There's plenty of guys. Antoine yeah. Winfield, whole, whole yep. slew of them. Yeah. Eleventh uh, overall in the 2009 NFL draft. Brandon, can you pull up that draft? For I me? have it up already. Okay. Aaron Maybin, possibly the biggest defensive Bills draft bust of all time, and it takes a lot to be a defensive uh, draft bust because I I feel like defensive guys are given more chances. Sometimes because there's a lot of different systems, a lot of different fits. You can flex positions, you know, going between defensive end and linebacker, but Aaron Mabin couldn't make it work anywhere. And uh, in four years in the league, he was out. He only started, this has one game in his NFL career. That can't be right. Right. Definitely right. Yes. I'd be surprised. He only started one game. I'd be surprised if he started more than one game. (laughs) So, yeah. I think he's a steal at five overall. But it is a steal. Again, it is. Yeah. I was thinking about him, but I think the fact that we could have had Aaron Rodgers in 2005 and we traded the two first round picks after we had a winning team and we just acquired Drew Bledsoe is why I went with Lossman. But think about it. Ready? After Aaron Maven, Brian Arakpo was one of my favorite college football players ever. And he Go was horns. He was taking two picks after Malcolm Jenkins, Brian Cushing. Jeremy Macklin, Brandon Pettigrew, Alex Mack, Clay Matthews, Eric Wood, Hakeem Nix, Patrick Chung, uh, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, this was not a great draft, but the names that I did just say were not bad players. So Jason McCourty, the last pick. Guess who Mr. Irrelevant is from that draft? Someone we know? Still playing in the league today. Really? That's kind of cool. Who is it? Ryan Suckup. Ah, nice. I should have guessed a kicker. Dan but. Gronkowski was the next one before that. Drafted to Detroit. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> nice. nice. All right, Pat, anyway. six overall. Who you got? Well, I'm surprised uh, this player's not been uh, taken off the board. I would say that um, other than Mr. Kizano, this is probably the highest drafted Bills player that did not pan out. Also, just when Pat Chung gets mentioned, I feel like every time he's mentioned that we should acknowledge that he's the only player in NFL history to block a field goal upon and have a pick six in the same game. Really? Anyways, yes. So I am not going to pick a tackle from the University of Texas that played on the defensive side of the ball, who also sucked and was taken by the Bills in the first round. I'm going to take an offensive tackle that was picked by the Buffalo Bills fourth overall in the, I want to say it's 2002. I just want to double check. Yeah. Yes, 2002 NFL draft. Um, when, when you say Mike Williams, you think, okay, former Syracuse wide receiver played for the Buccaneers, or you think Mike Williams, that guy who plays for the, the Chargers right now. Nope, there's another Mike Williams, a fatter, slower Mike Williams who played at the University of Texas and um, was really bad at his job. So bad at playing offensive line that the Buffalo Bills tried to have him play defensive line at one point during his rookie contract. I mean, the only silver line to Mike Williams being so bad is that Jason Peters was able to, um, you know, have a chance to play and play well in the NFL, but... Mike Williams. The butterfly um, effect. Is real. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Just very, very bad pick. Um, did not pan out. Could not move out of his own shoes. And he was taken fourth overall. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Could Definitely could have panned out better. But That's a good choice. I just saw his name up there and I was like, we, we got to give him a shout out for being bad. When you're so bad that you're the fourth overall pick and they're like, dude, don't even play offense anymore. Like, let's, let's line you up on the D line. Like, it's funny because he went from left tackle to right tackle to right guard. So it was yeah. like to defense. 
He started a lot. I would he started like 40 games out of 50 yeah. or something like that. But you know, I think he only played three seasons. I think Let me take a look. You're right. That's a good pick. All right. Brando, pick number seven, your last pick. All right. Who you got? Some of you may not call this a, a f- official bust because he did have a little bit of success here. But again, I'm going to take this guy due to the Hall of Famers drafted right after him and the complete lack of filling your potential. All right. So we picked third overall in 2011. Um, When you pick in the top five, you're looking for a franchise cornerstone. And we drafted Marcel Darius third overall. Um, I don't dislike him. And I know this man has probably gone through more personal stuff than a lot of the players. He lost a lot of his family. A lot yeah, of people, but he's also cruising around drag race and drunk. Yeah. So, I mean, it would do whatever, you know. But. Um, so, defensive tackle, taking third overall. Um, the people drafted after him. Hall of Famers. Uh, future Hall of Famers. We have Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Tyron Smith, and J.J. Watt, all taken in the top 10 of that draft. Um, so that 2011 NFL draft was a pretty good draft. Von Miller, Cam Newton, um, and then Marcel. Friend of the show, Cam Newton. Cam, Cam who? <laughs> ABC? Well, what did you say? What about ABC? Yeah, ABC. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you got Darius. AJ, this rounds out the top 10. This is nuts. Oh, what a good draft. Uh Marcel Darius, AJ Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, Jake Locker, Tyron Smith, Blaine Gabrick, JJ Watt, Christian Ponder. Wow. Okay. That's bad. Um, Robert Quinn, Nate Soldier, uh, Cameron Jordan, Mark Ingram, Cameron Hayward, Annie Dalton, Kyle Rudolph, uh, a lot of big names in that first top 10 of the draft. I mean, it kind of Lee Smith. Taken in the fifth round. Um, <laughs> Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor taken in the sixth. Um, but so could have had him at over three overall. <laughs> uh, moral of the story is the dude just like couldn't get his weight under control. Had a lot of personal stuff, drag racing. I mean, he had the one good season in the, the Legion of Boom of our offensive, the cold front, whatever. And then Saxonville, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, but other than that, you're looking for some. You're looking for a Hall of Fame player when you're drafting in the top five. So uh, I'll take that as the bust to round out my draft board. Nice. I, I have to give you credit, Brandon, because looking at your draft, I know that when you put Marcel Darius, like when we do the Twitter poll after this, people are going to see Marcel Darius and they're going to think, oh, he wasn't a bust. But I think you have a really good point because it oh, a good factor into it is the players that were taken after you. And that's something that you don't have control over. But does kind of make it a little bit more of a bust in hindsight. So, And the things that he did have control over, he did not really do. The minute that dude got paid, he just stopped doing anything, like anything to be physically active. Yeah. So he's on that Albert Hainsworth grind. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about bust. He's a bust for sure. Busty of all busts. But so all I'll right. take that. I'll run out the tune. Go ahead. Number two. With the eighth overall pick, I'm going to select Brandon. Can you pull up the, uh, the 2006 draft for me. I know this pick. I know this pick. First round draft pick in 2006. He played six years in the league, so he was not a quick bust. But how many games do you guys think this man started over six years? He had five years in Buffalo and one year in Tampa. This dude started one game in his professional career really? over six years. No. One game. He played five games his rookie year, 16 games his second okay, year. Okay, maybe this is a different player then. Okay, go ahead. Drafted 26 overall yeah, in the 2006 okay. NFL draft. John McCargo. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, hey, thank you, buddy. We got to, we got to, when these, these Texas Longhorns don't perform, we got to make sure we, we call them out. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say Dante Whitner because he was taken eighth overall yeah. in that draft. That's Dante, I mean, th- that's Dante, a hot... Dante Hitner with the S in front of it. Well, you know? <laughs> the thing is, is he played one, two, three, four, five seasons in Buffalo. He only had two interceptions and like one sack. 
And then he went to the Browns and was like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm playing for the Browns and I'm going to talk the Buffalo Bills. Like, That's who I thought you were thinking. That's But he started more than the games that you were saying. But the yeah, John your nickname is Big had... John McCargo. If, if your nickname is Big John McCargo and you don't live up to it, like you, you just that's a big name to live up to. <laughs> Not great. But anyway, Pat, please pick Mr. Irrelevant in our first of the worst reverse draft draft busts in Bill's right. history. That's a mouthful and I didn't even get it. But So similarly to small John McCargo, um, I'm also going to select a player that um, started six games in five NFL seasons. This player, um, I mean, he was in the same draft as... You know, I mean, just some some studs. Sean Alexander, who rushed for 27 touchdowns in one season. Brian Erlacher, Jamal Lewis, um, John Abraham, pass rushing legend. Seabass Janikowski, um, just, you know, crazy, crazy. Keith Bullock, crazy, crazy draft class. And and somehow we we missed on this player. And, you know, I, I guess that, that happens sometimes. And... Uh, if you look at him physically, six foot four, 273 pounds, you know, you would think, and I mean, also he, he didn't have the worst of, of rookie years, but, um, some injuries and also just a general lack of physical fitness only kept him in Buffalo for two seasons. He ended up playing, um, one year with the expansion Houston Texans and then, um, played two years with the Rams, uh, similar deal in the, in the fact that, you know, early 2000s we did pick a lot of defensive linemen that didn't pan out and um mr eric flowers um you're so bad as a buffalo bill like (laughs) so bad and um it's a great draft class you know i know you're only taking 26 overall but like dog if you start you know six games in five years in your nfl career that's pretty bad and um he only ever he had he has four career sacks as well in in six or yeah four career sacks in, in five years so Nice. He was the only guy left on my board. So Eric Flowers, you know who else I was thinking too? Honorable mention time. Honorable mentions. James Hardy. James Hardy's a second rounder. TJ Uh, Graham. Also thought a little bit. Uh, Torrell Troop was a name. Torrell Troop. Yeah, he's a defensive lineman. He's a second rounder. Blast from the past. Uh, Maybe it is too soon to say, but like... I feel like Shaq Lawson really was a, no, a flash in the pan. Cody Ford he is so one. much bigger of a bust than Shaq Lawson. Well, Shaq was. Lawson's a first round pick though. Yeah, and he set the edge in our run game so nicely. For one year. And he had a sweet fight where he punched Leonard Fournette in the face. <laughs> that that alone but is I would say I, Pat, I'd agree with you. Honestly, I think he could have been taken in this draft. I think that his expectations were never that high. Like Rex Ryan reached for him to try and fit his defense too. Again, though, used a high pick. If he was a third round pick, I would say he met expectations. And I mean, what he's pick overall was he? Was he 10 or 12? He was uh, number 19. Still, though, and he was only picked because he was friends with Rex Ryan's kid at Clemson. But I don't know. Nepotism just, in the NFL. Is that new? I just feel like, I don't know. Had Shaq Lawson gone and like he had an okay year in Miami two years ago, but then this year is just like trash in Houston. So I don't know. He's, he's a very like serviceable rotational guy at this point in his career. So he's been rumored to, you know, at the end of last season. Yeah, you might, you could, but he's uh he's going to be a rotational guy at best. So depth guy, our whole defensive line is rotational guys. I just feel like when's the last time we hit on a defensive lineman in the first round at Oliver, Oliver, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Aaron Schobel. Second rounder. (laughs) Any, any pick. (laughs) <laughs> anything that's true all right well that's our uh that's our second first of the worst reverse draft in the books uh, first we'll of the up, worst reverse 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 <laughs> we'll put up a twitter poll so you guys can uh vote and see who had the best draft but yeah we're gonna take a quick break here and we're gonna get into real fast brando's bets because we're way over time but stick around so we'll be right back Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs 
can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the mecca of sports betting. It is Super Bowl weekend. I read that they're projected over $10 billion to be bet this weekend. And uh, this is some big news for you just in time for that weekend. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. It is officially live right here in New York State with mobile sports betting. That means you can place a bet no matter where you are with DraftKings. Sportsbook in New York State. It makes it so exciting. You can bet on anything. You can bet it from anywhere. Talk about it. Anything. It's it's really a great talking point. I can't even tell you the bus driver for my modified basketball game today. We were talking about betting on DraftKings. So they're giving this promotion to new customers, and it's a special offer that you don't want to miss. If you bet just five dollars or more on the Super Bowl, you win. 280 in free bets. If your team is victorious, the matchup is intriguing. We talked about it for the first 10 minutes of the show. It's the Bengals versus the Rams. You know, I'm taking the Rams in real life. I'm taking Matt Stafford and the Rams in the Super Bowl. So you can look up for fun prop bets. You can look up touchdown scores. You can pick yards. You can pick interceptions. You can do any of that stuff. So DraftKings is the place to do it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up using code NABP, which stands for Not Another Buffalo Podcast. And if you bet just $5 or more and you win 280 in free bets if your team wins, that's code NABP for Not Another Buffalo Podcast this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full details. You must be 21 and over and physically present in New York state. If you have a gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to keep this short. We're going to keep this sweet. The fun thing about the Super Bowl is there is quite a lot of prop bets that are not even related to the game. And I have a hot one for you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Everybody knows your national anthem, right? Everybody knows your national anthem. It's one of the most popular prop bets for the Super Bowl. How long will the national anthem go? How long do you guys think the national anthem is sung on, on average? You guys are music guys. Um, I don't know. It's like a minute 20 or something like that. So the over under that I have right here is 98 seconds. All right. Um, minute and a half. I wasn't that far off. Every single anthem has gone over one minute and 38 seconds since 2013. And only one singer has ever gone under this total, which was Kelly Clarkson in 2012. So this total is set so low and it's based off of Will Guyton's one national anthem performance, which was Wait, sung. Mickey, Mickey Guyton. Will Guyton? It says right here. Mickey Guyton. It's- yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, wow. Well, we're going to have to just change all that. <laughs> So <laughs> Mickey Guyton is a country singer who has just recorded one national anthem up to this point. Every anthem, like I said, has gone over a minute 38, but it's so low based off of Guyton's one national anthem performance sung at the 2021 National Memorial Day concert in Washington, D.C. And that rendition came in at one minute and 26 seconds. So that's pretty fast to sing the national anthem. I mean, I don't know who's like rocking it out. I'll tell you, I might have to go back and watch the game tape. Because it depends. <laughs> was that accompanied, unaccompanied? Was she with a live orchestra? Was it? Did it have a tempo? Oh. Is it going to be pre-recorded this yeah. time? 
Well, no, they're doing it live. He sings, didn't okay. her singing last it live. year? H-E-R, was she just doing it a cappella? Like, That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, because her H-E-R or whatever, however you want to say it, last year she did it. And like she had like a guitar. She was like playing with a guitar, so it was yeah. Oh, her is awesome. Well, I would hammer the over, I think. It's the Super Bowl. It's a big game. Yeah. Got to hit that Broadway note, right? The land of the free brave. and the home of the brave, right? That's a good question because the applause kind of drowns that note out. What happens if there's a blurred line between what if we're down to, to microseconds, you know, right who's, push at that point, who's making right? that like, call? I but, don't know, but I think, anyway, I think every night this week, DraftKings is doing a specific odds boost. Okay. So what they did tonight, which of course it'll be all, all over by the time this podcast comes out, they did boosted to plus 200 to bet on either team to score the f- score first. So something that normally be negative 110 was boosted to plus 200, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, they do like Joe Burrow over on one and a half touchdowns with, with really good odds. And so keep an eye out for those in your notifications if you have DraftKings downloaded. But there was one bet that I have been eyeing and I haven't put it in yet, but I felt really good about it. You guys let me know what you think of this. So... The bet is over two and a half people to attempt a pass at plus 155. <laughs> oh, That's a double pass. Over two and a half players to attempt yeah, a pass. Yeah, I take that. I take Odell that. Odell could throw. Cooper Cup could throw. Yeah. Or, or quarterback has to come out for a play. Backup comes in and attempts a oh, pass. Joe dude. Burrow gets sacked nine freaking so, times. He could get down there's, and pop out. There's right. a lot of ways this could happen. This could be a Johnny Hecker fake punt as well. Who well, he's done a couple before, right? Like so, yeah. I feel like I'm going to hammer that at plus one fifty five. That's more than doubling your money. I mean, I'm talking relatively. I, I don't bet very large amounts. I'll put five dollars <laughs> <laughs> on this bet. Yeah, yeah, whatever they'll give me for free. But <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an interesting prop. I, I really like that one. So plus one fifty five. I I dig that. But all right, well, we're way over time, so. We're going to have to wrap this puppy up. So it's it won't like take seven hours, hours to past my bedtime too. <laughs> yeah, same, same, but all right, boys. Well, uh, might be hanging out to watch the Super Bowl together. So that'll be fun. Uh, I'll see you boys this weekend. And uh, thanks to everybody on Twitter. Who's been uh, interacting. Um, everybody who's been in and on our, um, our Ram versus Tiger. Debate. I can't believe it. Nobody fun. here. I We're going to have to, I mean, uh, Let's I just purchase one of both yeah, and have them fight to the death on the black market. We do not condone nor solicit real animal fighting. Alright, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. Again, check out that poll and, and vote on who had the best draft and look out for next week because we'll have another draft category to go through. So, thanks everybody for listening. Have a good Super Bowl and uh, yeah, go Bills. Go Bills! Go Bills!